Hi, I'm Chris Damaris. And I'm Aaron Marquis, and you're listening to Bite. Bite. Yum. Hey there, everybody. It's your favorite feminism and nerdiness podcast, The Coven. I was really ready to say The Coven then, because I'm really excited about this episode. Covcast. The Covcast. Shirts, Let, merchandise. No. Yeah, let's trademark it. <laughs> let's stick with the coven for now. And I am Daily Wilhelm, your supreme and your host. And with me today is the wonderful Courtney Tuckman, the Haribo Slayer. Good. And the always wonderful Emma, who will name, who will remain last nameless. There we go. Like you can't find her anywhere. I am nameless. A mystery. I am a mystery wrapped in an enigma, stuffed into a riddle. Inside a burrito. Yes. <laughs> hey, okay. Woo. So I'm excited for this podcast. It's Black History Month. We are Woo. now into February. Isn't oh, that weird? That's crazy. Did January even happen? January didn't happen. It feels like spring outside currently here yeah. in Muncie, Indiana. It's kind of terrifying. A little bit. Yeah, it's, it's very, very unnerving because it was like we had those weeks where it was like almost zero when you had to cover your face with like 10 scarves just to walk outside and now i'm wearing a tank top today with like a light jacket it's very very strange i mean punxsutawney phil said that we would have an early spring punxsutawney phil god bless you (laughs) that is really a strange american tradition just his name is Mm -hmm. a strange american tradition uh and that like before Groundhog's Day, I hadn't heard of a groundhog, and I'm still, like, kind of confused about it. Why are they groundhogs? Why are they not ground squirrels? They're kind of like prairie dogs, kind of like other things. I don't know. It's oh, well. a class of rodent. Oh, well. Who can Wait. somehow predict the weather for Wait. some reason. For magic. Huh. We should get that here at the coven. Oh, oh well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interview Punxsutawney Phil. Yes, Exclusive. <laughs> With the hedgehog that... No, it's not a hedgehog. It's Sonic. I'm on Sonic <laughs> already, guys. Sonic saw, his, so, Sonic saw his shadow. There we go. <laughs> saw Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh. Okay, let's, let's, let's okay. get this started. Let's bring it back. Yeah, bringing it back. Okay, Black History Month. Macklemore is coming to campus tomorrow, which... Tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Exciting. And he recently came out with a new single, which is titled as a sequel... It's White Privilege 2, which he had a song, I think it was all the way back in 2005, 2005? that was just called White Privilege, and it was kind of pointing out how he's a white rapper, but his success really is on the fact that he's a white rapper, and Mm -hmm. that like parents especially are like, oh, he's okay, he's not like all the other rappers, because he doesn't rap about, you know, like those terrible things. Yeah. Um... When really that's kind of just code for he he's he's white. Yeah, he looks like us. Yeah, um, I suggest everyone to give it a listen. It's really an interesting take, especially because he recently went to a lot of uh, Black Lives Matters protest. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. Protests. Right on, right on. I'm not in my podcasting voice tonight, but um, and kind of that eternal internal um narrative where it's like should I have a say in this because you know I'm a white guy I haven't experienced the same kind Mm -hmm. of oppression and I have really technically profited off of their culture 
through cultural appropriation. Yeah. So I, I th- it's uh, really cool. It's really great that somebody who is it prominently like in the public eye like him to call that kind of thing out because it's like when you just have like a regular person calling it out like a lot of people are just like oh okay okay Jan but when you have people who are in the public eye just saying like hey this is wrong it's just really cool that they can that he can use his privilege to you know talk about it and make it more well known amongst people who might not understand right which I think we all should try to do a little bit in our daily lives to mm-hmm. like to quote every bit of the internet check your privilege <laughs> like yeah. he's that's kind of like half of the song is just him being like the only reason I'm here where I am today is because I've profited off of culturally appropriating mm-hmm. black people's culture yeah I love how self-aware he is though yeah two points for self-awareness Matthew. go admit that in song yeah he definitely i i ventured into the darkness i ventured into the comments section on youtube oh no and you know there was all the typical things it's like he's just trying to cater to all the sjw's and everyone's trying to be so pc it's so terrible it's ruining everything and it's like when has like trying not to be offensive ruined things when has offending people like elevated things yeah it's like i'm sorry for trying to treat people like the human beings that they are and not turning them into a punchline lol oops it's oh well saws oh well um so i'm excited for that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm ready for this is my first concert guys oh wow i'm i'm a newbie i'm i'm ready to go this is not my first concert. This is this is not Courtney's first concert. I'm not going, but it would not be not even be close to my first concert. Yeah. I, I am addicted. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've been to like a lot of um, plays and stuff. I just don't know how I've kind of escaped ever going to concerts. Um, They're hype. They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, I really like going to the theater, though. And what's really exciting and why I wish I was in England so very bad, there's the... Harry Potter technical sequel. Yeah. It's a sequel. It's a stage play. It's I'm a kind sequel. Of out. I'm just, so I just like seized. I'm really excited. <laughs> what's what's the official title for it again? Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. The Cursed Child. Do we do we know a synopsis? I just saw um, it's everything basically online. it's about um, Albus Severus, whose name will never continue will never cease to annoy me. But he's <laughs> uh, it's about him not wanting his father's legacy. And, like, you know, the fact Ooh. that he is the son of the boy who lived. And he's yeah. named after these two, quote-unquote, brave men. But there's, um... And, like, him dealing with the fact that as a young boy, he already has so many high expectations and stuff like Ooh. that. I love that. It's getting pressure. deep. It's the getting pressure. deep. Ding. But what really kind of got it more in the news than I think it was originally meant to. I mean, it's as exciting as it is. Harry Potter stage play. It's a sequel. Wah. We're but, getting more Potter content. Um, yeah. Uh, Hermione, the woman who plays Hermione, all grown up, married to Ron, is, was a black woman. Yep. And everyone was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. Emma Watson is in a lot of people's minds Hermione, just straight yeah. up. And as much as I can agree with that, at the same time, as J.K. Rowling pointed out on Twitter, all I used to describe uh, Hermione was frizzy hair and big teeth. And 
never said anything about skin color. She loves the fact that people took, like, that and, like, you know, made her a different race. Like, she loves Black Hermione, as she said. And, you know, this is a different interpretation than the movies, which it's kind of hard to throw off the same image that we've had of Hermione for ten years. It's like the same face, the same person. And, um... But it's really cool to get a different, um, a different face on that and a different, like, I just kind of lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry. You're in. You're but, in. But, like, I, I see what you're saying. Like, um, it's, it, like, when people were reading the books, for one thing, no one could pronounce Hermione's name. Oh, yeah. Until. Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> until, um, the movies came out. And, you know, you really only had, you know, what in your head you saw these characters as. And I don't mm-hmm. think J.K. Rowling really, like got super detailed in her descriptions it was kind of these naming factors Mm -hmm. and there's one story where um i forget if it was on twitter or just in an interview where jk rowling said um a little girl came up to her and um asked about neville and um jk rowling asked well how does neville look to you and she said well neville is about as tall as i am and has dreadlocks and has a toad, and, you know, Neville. Right on, right and, on. I mean, I think that's just so important that yeah. kids can see themselves in characters. Definitely. That's incredible. This... And, I mean, there's even the debate I've seen around the internet where it's like, Harry was always kind of described as, like, olive-toned versus being, like, pale ever. Yeah. So Even on the covers. Yeah. He was a bit tanner. Yeah, there's... um. I've seen a lot of fan art where um, Harry is uh, either black or clearly has some kind of texture to his hair because that's how, you know, his hair always was. It was, like, in constant disarray. Yeah. And to translate that into him um, being black I thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. because I, I, I took a while the other day just trying to think of, like, in, like, a book series that children, like, 12 and up could read, I was trying to find black main characters. Like, the main character. Like, not the best friend, not the love interest, not the brother, the cousin, or whoever. Right. Main character. I can't think of anything that's, like, immensely uh, popular. Mm -hmm. But I have read, there was, like, a murder mystery book series that I read where the main character was black when I was little. Actually, she was mixed. Yeah. That was the... I, I can't even remember what it was called, though. All I know is that she really liked wearing cowboy boots. Neat. Right on, right on. Right it's on. like even Disney princesses, they had um, they had Jasmine and Pocahontas, but they didn't have their first black Disney princess till the princess and the frog. And I remember how big of a deal that was when that happened. Because, you know, you just had these images of the like you know, like a princess. The like princess what was girls like are meant the to white for. European type look, and when now that you're, it's really important for kids to have characters that look like them, and their race, sexuality, or like anything that defines them is like not their defining characteristic. Like you know, breaking away from the gay best friend stereotype, breaking yeah. away from the black comic relief character, or you know, like, the ghetto black girl that's always, you know, stuff like that is, because, you know, 
the stereotypes can be extremely harmful, especially for young children. Yeah, because then they feel like, A, it's like, what's wrong with me if I'm not like that? Or B, that's what I need to be. That's what I have to conform myself to Mm -hmm. instead of being myself, which can be very diverse. I think white people are represented all over the spectrum. Oh, yeah. And we don't have to worry about, like, I need to find a character that relates to me Mm -hmm. because there's a plethora of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, if you're a minority, it's a lot harder to specifically find a character that represents you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, speaking from the LGBT perspective, I didn't know about bisexuality until I was 15. Because, And, you know, trying to fit myself into either the gay or the straight box was really, really harmful. Because, you know, I would just, like... I was just, like, you know, constantly either... Like, you know, I'm just walking around like, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. You know, like, don't let them in, don't let them see. But... And, be uh, the good girl. You always have I to knew it. be. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. I'm the singer, and I didn't do that. <laughs> oh well, that's, but like that's my power. Not uh, seeing any prominent bisexual characters, and still not really seeing any of them, and having to fit into the either butch lesbian or girly straight girl was really, really, uh, really difficult for a young teenage, like questioning young yeah. teenage girl. Yeah. And. And, like, you know, I've literally had people who are just like, you know, I really think you're a lesbian because I just get that vibe from you. And I'm just like, what? Okay, okay. (laughs) It's like, um, okay. Yeah. I can turn around and wear a dress. Will you call me straight? Like, okay. Like, literally just the saying, like, having to put yourself in a box sounds Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I would be interested in that when I was four and I could fit in boxes, Mm -hmm. But they turn into your wildest not, imaginations. Yeah. yeah, not so much anymore. I I know that's not a rocket ship to the moon. I know that that's a crate that something I ordered online came in, and it's gonna which could be just as exciting. Which yeah. Also, <laughs> wait, no, we're against boxes, guys. Stop glorifying boxes. <laughs> we're ah, I, I got excited about online merch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was trying to think. So I feel like the 90s altogether was a much more diverse cast of characters. Mm-hmm. I mean... Or like early 2000s. It even. really was, if you, like, if you think about it. Like what was on TV? Like I was... If I was conscious of what I was watching back then, which I wasn't mm-hmm. because I was a tiny baby child, <laughs> but I was watching First Prince of Bel-Air, The Cosby oh, yeah. Show, which uh-huh. is problematic in itself probably, now probably uh, <laughs> maybe we should um was on um will and grace hey, will, will and grace, grace was a big thing uh hey arnold doug uh the proud family uh-huh. yes was, i was conscious of that that was like maybe like third fourth fifth grade that, that so was raven. still on the air that's so raven i mean the list goes on and i just don't understand why that's not there anymore i think we've talked about this before but like yeah it's still like boggles my mind it's because people were writing characters as characters and not as like writing something to fit a certain stereotype because you think in the realm of being politically correct which you know people it it is important to respect people's identities and like you know treat them like human beings but then there's the whole um oh, we have to write this a certain way. We have to write a character like this. We have to be... Instead of just writing a character like, and saying, hey, this character could be gay, or hey, this character could be Hispanic. Like, when you say we have to write a character like this, you mean, like, throwing in the token minority? Yes, or, okay. yes. Like, 
having to be like, oh, we have to cater to this specific group, so we have to like write this, like have that representation, like character as, as a checkbox versus yes. as like, hey, I came up with this character, they do this and this and this and this, cool, and then make being her, like, make them this. Why can't let's have them be Asian American or yeah. something? Asian Americans are very underrepresented. Yeah, that's a whole podcast in itself, yeah. I think, because. <laughs> Uh, a lot of things have been pretty interesting in that sphere of lack of representation for Asian Americans mm-hmm. or even even just straight up Asians because Mulan. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. That's a whole different conversation. Oh. But mm-hmm. um <laughs> like the nineties were really I don't it just felt like the characters weren't defined yeah. by their minority status. They yeah. were just characters who happened to be a certain minority. Power like, Rangers, too. Power Rangers. Bless. Yes. And, like, uh, I mostly watched Hey Arnold, I think. Watched a lot of Hey Arnold. I watched a lot of Hey Arnold. Oh, Arnold. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, the original. Uh, move it, football head. Okay, sorry. Jeez. Uh, okay, okay. Dumb, quotes, dumb quotes. Okay, yeah. Or, like, Doug. Am I the only one that remembers Doug? Oh, I love Doug. I remember Doug. I didn't watch it, but I remember it. Okay, that's... I mean, I could say that's kind of a stretch because, like, everyone was, like, literally different colors, like, pastels. (laughs) But, I mean, Skeeter was obviously supposed to be black. Mm -hmm. And um, the Proud Family itself, we've talked about before, was... There was was a token white girl, but Mm -hmm. everyone else was some kind of minority. That's how That's a Raven was, too. Yeah. Chelsea. 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 Hmm. Love. (laughs) And um, having those certain characters that don't have defined races and defined characteristics. I'm thinking about Red versus Blue right now. Is like there are very few characters you actually see their faces or you get any allusion to what their race is. Or like, you know, if they're trans, if they're gay, like anything of that sort. And it's really cool to see all the fans like... You know, the prominent theory that Tucker's black. And that was briefly addressed in the show. But, you know, you have people who are like, uh, Tucker is a black trans man. Which is, and, you know, stuff like Kimball being a black woman. And um, just all the characters that you didn't directly see what their faces looked like. Yeah. Coming up with all these different, um, these different ideas of who they are. You know, like uh, Kai Griff. I don't, I can't pronounce her name for the life of me it's griff's sister you know being pansexual and stuff and like being the head cannons that people yeah, have being pansexual being really curvy and that's you know that kind of thing where you can turn these kind writing characters without a specific param like without specifically addressing what race or what type of minority that they are can and letting people letting fans run wild and who they like what they envision that character to be is something that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think um, a big reason why people, like, have headcanons and, like, run off and write fan fictions is because they want to create a representation for, you know, what isn't shown in the media, typically. Mm-hmm. Like, um, fan fiction itself, I think, is was just kind of a giant response to where where's all the queer people in yes. literature. <laughs> in oh my media God. in anything and it was it was like you said it wasn't about making like their queerness define them but just adding that on yeah. in order to create that representation in order to create something like oh I'm also gay and I can identify with 
whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed there's been a really big issue in the supernatural thing with the queer baiting and the um you know the idea of dean and castiel but then being like nope dean is literally so hetero straight but then it's like because they're defined in the boxes of straight or gay and you know there's the idea of bisexuality is an option pansexuality is an option that kind of thing yeah and sexuality is completely fluid too yeah it's like just the way they kind of are like no absolutely not nope not happening sorry it's kind of like um some of the responses you find online which i had a lot of fun researching this episode because i found a lot of really butthurt articles online basically about like okay so we're gonna all agree here the reboot of the fantastic four movie wasn't the best oh no 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 not even close it wasn't (laughs) the best but is it so problematic that johnny storm is now a black guy no. It's really not. It's, it's really not. not that big of an issue. And yet, what happened online? I don't know. Like, explosions. I, I... Johnny Storm is black. What? They're also all supposed to be, like, adults. Yeah. The yeah. They, were they didn't have young. a problem with that. <laughs> Miles Teller is does not look like the Captain Fantastic of the mid-2000s. No. And, like, I mean, there's just... I read an article... And I felt like I had to wash my hands after I read the article because it was this guy talking about the issue with turning white characters black, which like even saying that as like Mm -hmm. saying issue is like, it's not scratchy. I'm scratching my head here. It's not a problem. Um, But he was basically saying, then you're changing that character's identity but you're not. You're yeah. not. Like the only thing you're changing about that character is their appearance. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. Like um but he tried to use an example of um Kitty Pride from X-Men in the comics. She's uh devoutly Jewish and in the movie what, what? she's like atheist and it's not really ever addressed about her religion or if she has one. And he was like that's taking away from her character and i mean that could be argued as like if she is specifically motivated by her being jewish to do the things that she does versus it just being part of her background i don't know i'm kind of like i don't know where that compares exactly to being like changing johnny storm from captain america to well, it depends. Michael B. Jordan. Judaism is a religion and a race. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if she was like getting up every day and doing her Jewish prayers and uh, all that, and they took that away, then that'd be strange. But but there's like no ritual to being black. Yeah. Like get up every day and say black person prayers like even just saying this is like yeah. really ludicrous yeah and it's cringy it's, it's cringy isn't it it's ridiculous um and before that there was uh the uproar with uh heimdall from the thor series like the, yes. i know again yes. not the best superhero movie the <laughs> thor movies weren't great but <laughs> I like the Thor movies. Sorry. I liked them too, but I like, saw Thor too. I liked them aesthetically. 
like Natalie Portman and Natalie Portman, uh, Thor and the I desert, and it was pretty cool. Um, but, but, so a lot of people online again were butt hurt over Idris Elba's part. Idris Elba is a god. Okay, Idris Elba is wonderful. <laughs> I really like Idris, Idris Elba. Idris Elba for James so Bond. But he was um, Heimdall, which is like this all-seeing guy that guards the nine realms mm-hmm. and guards the gate to Super Earth awesome. and everything. And um, everyone was like, "No, this is wrong because it's supposed to be, you know, like Norse mythology." And everyone was, you know, Aryan-looking and in like. Mm, Norseland. That's not it. You know you know what I mean though, guys. The upper yeah. Europe. Nordic <laughs> Nordic countries. North mythology. Yeah. Every yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um and then they cast like a Norse being a god as uh with a black man. It's just like, okay, so we can believe that there's a rainbow bridge connecting the worlds and that Thor can swing his hammer like a helicopter and fly off, but we can't believe Summer, summon that to the a god that's really mythical and doesn't exist. Sorry, Norse people. Um, can't be black. Which is crazy because Morgan Freeman was god and that one... Morgan Freeman Bruce has played Evan god Almighty. twice. Yeah. Because he played god in the Lego movie, too. Oh my god, right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, people are okay with that. Yeah. Because he's got an amazing voice. Yeah. So does like, Idris Elba. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just I just think it's it's like funny how we'll accept like especially okay, I'm looking at the fantasy genre. The fantasy genre, okay, like we'll accept the existence of elves and hobbits and orcs, but throw in a black guy, everyone explodes. Yep. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, um, I remember, you guys see Maleficent? No. No? No. I heard it was really good. I never got around to seeing it. Okay. I really liked it. (laughs) (sighs) Go see it, guys. Okay. But. I watched the Citizens version of it. So Maleficent is obviously supposed to be set in, you know, like, kind of like Disney medieval time. Like Germany. is like never really defined, but, you know. It, it, was, it was white people. It was all white people, typically. Mm-hmm. In all the animated films, it was all, it was all white people Whatever. back in the day. And um, there was a knight serving the king, and he was, like, pretty high up in the ranks. Like, you saw him at least, you know, five or six times throughout the movie while they're trying to, you know, get at Maleficent. Um, and he was a black guy. And, like, everyone was, like, historically inaccurate. Fairies are also historically inaccurate. <laughs> you know what else is? Flying people with horns. Yeah, or like, like the entire narrative structure of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, when was this history? Yeah. Oh, and let's not forget about people's mistaking when The Hunger Games came out. Yes, oh, that please, upset me to no end. Please talk and about that. Like, in the books, Rue was definitely black that was how the author described her as yeah and then when the movie came out people were like that whole scene was like ruined for me because they made rue black it's like okay you're racist cool it's like first of all that's ridiculous and second of all uh, okay fan who complains to be such a, a big lover of the books did you read it 
because yeah. she was black in the book. It is explicit, explicitly stated in the books that Rue and Thresh were black and that Thresh was very dark-skinned. Yeah. And, you know, that casting, I applaud them for. And, you know, I did have a little issue with Katniss's casting because I did see her as a bit more olive-toned. Okay, that, again, that olive-toned. I'm going to Google it, guys. I'm going to Google exactly what olive-toned means because it's... I had imagined that in the... Because I remember... When I first read the books, I was, like, trying to explain them to my mom, and I was like, it's in the future, and, like, because it's in the future, it's in the not-so-distant future. Um, By then, everyone's dark-skinned. There's, like, why would there still be white people? If we continue the trend that, like, scientists and genealogists have, I don't even know if that was the right word for it. Yeah, genealogists. Okay, yeah, if they have predicted this trend that, you know in like the not so distant future they um uh, there will be a higher percentage of people of the mixed race simply because our population is higher and you know there's the racism and the walls are like blurring disappearing so it's like people more willing to cross races and it's like but then you have this idea that in these fantasy worlds or these um dystopian futures that people are still strictly these races when scientists have predicted otherwise yeah it's like we can imagine a dystopian future where (laughs) we're experiencing one where like we have like kids fight to a death in an arena but we can't imagine everyone being dark-skinned okay i looked it up Mm -hmm. here we are on wikipedia olive skin um is where did where'd it go is to do it corresponds with moderate brown typical mediterranean skin tones this skin tone rarely burns and tans easily type five which is what it is coloration is frequently among populations in the middle east the mediterranean parts of africa and western asia and corresponds with uh darker brown middle eastern skin tones and that's how i pictured katniss Mm -hmm. like you know her so she's not blonde um jennifer lawrence she's not like pale skin blue eyes she was like darker skin gray eyes you know Peta was like the blonde hair blue eyed guy but like katniss and gail since they were in like the poor area of the seam which was supposed to be filled with like the whole they they a lot of the people there were described with olive skin dark hair yeah it's still it's still trying to point out the socioeconomic divide yeah that's that's a bit problematic in and of itself yeah you know you know (laughs) but yeah, I don't. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. I read all three books in the span of two weeks. <laughs> Sounds well, about right. Yeah. Before the first movie came out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was still waiting for um, the last one to come out, and I wish I hadn't just read it at all. That's that's another story. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but um, Finnick deserved so much more. Yeah. I'll just and, say that. Um, also in book news... Um, mostly movie news, though. We're going back to Harry Potter here. Ooh. You guys, you guys remember Lavender Brown? Oh, Lavender Brown? No. Lavender, Lavender Brown. Okay. <laughs> she became white. <laughs> Courtney, please explain this. You had a good rant the other day about it. Well, rant time. like, uh, everybody, like, turns <laughs> to popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the movies, Lavender B- Brown was played by a black girl until she started dating Ron, which was what in the sixth movie, right? Yep. So then they just changed her to be white because then she was an important character, so they needed to cast a white person apparently, which is ridiculous. 
as Harry Potter trash, I feel weird for asking this, but oh my god, was her race specified in the books? Um, it, I can't remember. I probably it, it, it doesn't stick out in my mind. But. Yeah, I don't. I, I, she might have been one of the characters like Neville, where it's like kind of ambiguous. Like yeah. they're never really described or as anything other than like lanky and awkward, or like character other than the Weasleys. Yeah, who were described as like the ginger pale skin yeah. family. Yeah. But Which, the the fact that they changed the actress for when she like actually became a prominent character and had lines mm-hmm. is. Like once she once she was involved with one of the main characters, right, is when they changed her. I think that's so ridiculous. Another big thing with that is they almost completely glossed over Dean and Ginny's relationship. Oh yeah, which was a big thing Wait. in the fifth book. Oh, I can't oh, yeah. even remember like the lines. Harry was super angsty course. about it. I remember yeah. like them like talking about it in the book. I do, I can't for the life of me think about it in the movie though. Yeah, I they think they basically just co- like they mentioned it a few times. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't even remember if they'd ever mentioned it. Like it was in five and six. Harry was super angsty about that, as well as everything else in his life. Yep. But you know, <gasps> I mean, it was like, it was a prominent plot point because like, I have feelings for it, my best friend's sister, but she's dating this guy. Yeah. Oh, man, pain. Just the entire the entire like Jenny Harry romance in the movie. So much better in the books. So much better than Ginny's character in the books. Yeah. I will defend book Ginny to the end of my days. Yeah, we should we should definitely talk about that. I, I, I like, we should have a counter sometime about when I always say, we need to talk about that on another podcast. <laughs> because there's Someone so many tallying. things I want to talk about. Do, 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 do. Um, but do you guys remember um, the in the Harry Potter movies, especially in the third film? Most definitely, I probably that, will. That... Um, black kid that just had like the ominous predictions all the time oh my god yes it's like like trying to catch smoke it's like trying to catch smoke Smoke. with your bare hands like it's it's just like who is this kid (laughs) yeah why i mean this isn't necessarily like even a race thing but just i want to know why they didn't give him a name why they didn't like he was just he had like two prominent lines where he was just like the black, the grim is a is like a black wolf. It's an o- it's an it's omen of death, death and stuff like that. But there's such like memorable lines, and there he, he's just this ominous C- kid in the background. Convenient exposition character. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, one thing that I would really have loved to see more in the movies is Lee Jordan, Fred and George's friend with the dreadlocks, he and he was, was the commentator. I remember was, him being oh, at a Quidditch game him. once, but not quite a bit after he was addressed in like the first movie with the quidditch games but he was he and fred and george were a massive like he ran the whole um the potter watch radio show which was like the whole rebellion radio show type thing like the underground like changing locations so they wouldn't be caught by the ministry like he was a major major part of that and he'd sided with harry from the beginning and you know he was a like a hilarious character, and he was, I think, written specifically as a black character. Okay, okay, I was looking it up. I was worried for a second, but most of like, especially the first year, um, Gryffindor Quidditch team, there was Angelina. Angelina, yep. Angelina Johnson. I mean, obviously Wood and the Weasley twins. Oliver Wood. Harry. Um, I can't remember the other girls' names. Katie Bell. But there, yeah, Katie there Bell is one of the. There was, I am garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but there was specifically um, two black girls on the team, mm-hmm. which, again, representation for all the twelve-year-olds reading. Yeah, 
being like, yeah, I can do sports, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I think Harry Potter did a lot better job than a lot of children's films have. Oh, definitely. At, like, representation. But the Lavender Brown thing. Like, it's one thing. kind of like, what? It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, it's one thing if you, like, change um, actresses because it's, like, that actress was, like, signed on to be a background actress. And she Mm -hmm. was, like, I don't think I can handle, Mm -hmm. like, all these lines. And making out with Rupert Grant, I don't think I can handle Mm -hmm. that. Um, (laughs) But... Or, like, you know... But the, then they could have just cast another black girl that's looked, you know, similar. Yeah. And versus... she had, like, a small bit of camera time in the second movie. It was in the greenhouse with the mandrakes. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know that. No, I <laughs> remember that. She she um said, like, he's fainted. Or was she the one that fainted? No, Neville fainted, and um, Seamus said that he fainted. Oh, my God, I am garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Why okay. do I know it's, these it's things? It's useful right now. It's very useful right now. <laughs> um... But another childhood favorite, Avatar The Last Airbender. God bless! I'm so sorry. <laughs> Emma. I, oh, I love it. Okay, so Avatar The Last Airbender was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful series for so many reasons. But I think one of the most interesting ones is, like we were talking about earlier, there's no Asian representation in a lot of media. Uh-huh. And it was entirely based on, like, the waterbenders were Inuit, and mm-hmm. the Fire Nation were supposed to be Japanese, mm-hmm. and the Earth Kingdom was China. Mm-hmm. And you and, can see all um, like the different like inspirations with that, like in the architecture and like, you know, just the um, the construction of the costumes and yeah. like the facial stuff. Yeah. And, and I think it got a lot of people into you know like the Asian culture and actually oh, recognizing yeah. that there's more like Asian isn't everyone in yeah. Asia, and there's very distinct divides and they had the um you know it was in the anime style but it wasn't like the senpai type thing you know like what you typically think of with anime it was done in that style but it had so many mature adult themes and it was like it was just it was it's it will like be one of my favorite shows of all time just because of just how well it was done it was it was so well done. I really want to do a proper rewatch with like my adult oh, yeah. brain versus yes. just and I just want to marvel over it all over again. I rewatched it about like two years ago, and it still just blew my mind with how good it was. Yeah, and how there was that childish humor, and how the show grew more mature and did it so successfully. Like it wasn't just suddenly drop off, bam, everything's really heavy. Yeah, you know, and like I can think of a few shows that did that. Like I'll just name Buffy for example. Yeah, like season six was just suddenly just so sad and so like some shows do that where they're just like oh lighthearted humor and then it suddenly just gets so serious so quickly to the point where it's not entertaining yeah and you don't want to watch it just because you feel so sad while watching it but avatar had a good balance avatar had a really good balance and when it was serious it did bring up that lighthearted type of thing like you know when everything was going on in bossing say there was uncle iroh in bossing say <laughs> but um Sokka, love speaking of, my of life. wars okay so courtney is a big fan of nostalgia critic oh yeah and he did a video that i this is going to be number one on the list of this episode's suggestions of things to look up mm-hmm. um nostalgia critics video on the m night Shyamalan. um the atrocity. The, oh the movie God. we don't speak of. Can we just the, pretend it doesn't exist? The live the action. That shall not be named. The, oh. the live action Avatar The Last Airbender. I feel like I need to wash out my ears again. 
So he had some very smart commentary about it. Um, well, first of all, he notes that the actors who play Katara and Sokka are white. And he's thinking, well, he, he's kind of giving the actors the benefit of the doubt. He's like, well, maybe uh, if these two actors were really just the best there was, then maybe there's some reason that they were cast. Well, no, they were both pretty terrible. And um, <laughs> Straight up. And then you, okay. you take yep. a look around the village that they live in, and everybody else is Inuit, but they're white. So that's, I mean, even their grandma seems pretty Inuit. So it's it's kind of... Of a, it's kind of a strange uh, change. Um, and then when the Fire Nation arrives, the Fire Nation are all Indi- Indians mostly, which is a curious change because a uh, nostalgia critic notes that in the show it was actually kind of reversed. Like uh, Katara and Sokka, they were they had the darker skin, and the Fire Nation they you know they were Japanese, so their skin was lighter. But in the film, it's kind of as he says it, perplexingly the opposite. And um, it's an interesting decision because even the director himself is Indian. So I have to agree with Nostalgia Critic and give a a concern, huh? (laughs) Because why? I I, I don't understand that at all. Like, I would love to see a live action, like a series of Avatar movies because you can't do it in one movie. Like, you cannot. There's such complex stuff going on. But I would love to see just a bunch of the live action movies done accurately with and, the portrayal and, of the characters, and not by M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, get like a good, get like a good fantasy but director. Wants to do a sequel. <sighs> like regardless of like what that's gonna tank. Says, he wants to do it, but it 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 just is like nostalgia critic statement. Like it doesn't feel far reaching to say like why are the villains darker than everyone else. Which was yeah. not how they were. Yeah, originally. they were the fair-skinned people. Like they, d- they were probably the lightest ones. Yep. They, they definitely were in the show. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's, <laughs> it's worrisome. Mm. It's yeah, it's an interesting trend to see. I and like, I feel like um, portrayal of uh, darker-skinned characters in like Avatar was an American show. It was made here. Brian Konietzko came to Ball State a while ago. That he was amazing. Very much a white dude in a plaid <laughs> shirt. Amazing. He's a hipster and it's awesome. Um but when you get into anime and you try to find black characters You can't. You can't. Or if you do They're not it's offensive. represented. It's yeah. just offensive. Yeah. <laughs> like the Steinsgate thing. Oh boy. The one where uh, uh, Hoin Kyoma is uh, he's trying to find uh, what's uh, what's her name's dad? Yeah, the girl with the braids. Um, can't do it right now. <laughs> Anime, but um, he he's trying to help her find her dad, and uh, he comes across someone who gave out a pin or something, and uh, this person was black, and you know this this anime is well Japanese obviously so in the Japanese version this obviously doesn't happen in the English version but uh in the Japanese version uh the uh character starts speaking in very broken English like hey mister I am mad scientist which it it, it is very comedic but it's like why 
Why? Like, I feel like Japan being such a homogenous country in the first place, when they try to portray anyone other than what, like, the idealized, like, European look has become, mm-hmm. um, it just comes off, like, it's kind of racist. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, there was the whole controversy with uh, Jinx, the Pokemon. Oh, like, yeah. Um, especially at the very beginning, like, in the classic episodes. So Jinx is an ice Pokemon that looks like a drag queen, frankly, and she has very Amazing. big lips and yeah. just it, originally just a black face with eyes peering out and the giant lips, and mm-hmm. it kind of looked like... Um, Blackface? Blackface, mm-hmm. like, especially, like, the exact style of how, like, actors used to do, like, yeah. blackface back mm-hmm. in the day when that was absolutely hilarious, and that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a hundred years ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, so, it's not that long Yeah, ago. really. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. Just thinking about vaudeville for a second. Uh, man. But, um, and so people were like, Japan, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And eventually they changed Jinx to being um, purple, which is, I guess, less offensive in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... Didn't they say they were trying to imitate a a fashion style that was current then? Yeah, there's this Japanese fashion style, which I'm going to try to Google, um, where... Basically, it's supposed. It's like it's not like Harajuku. It's not like Gothic Lolita. It's try. It's very makeup based. Um, but even that is an offensive look itself. So that's not really a good thing to blame it on. Yeah, or uh, to mimic in general. It's called. Do 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 do. Let's go to Kotaku. Oh, this is just an article about straight up people in blackface still in 2015. Oh my god. Why? Why? The world we live in. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to find the style. But, like, it feels like it's called um, Genguro. It's an alternative fashion trend among young Japanese women that started in the mid-1990s and continues today. Distinguished by a dark tan and contrasting makeup liberally applied by fashionistas. Um, Yeah, so that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, but it just, I mean... It's still not, it's not a really, it's not a good thing to try and be. It's not a good look. It's not a good look in the first place. It's just very, very dark toner um, and, like, highlighting that. And that feels a lot like how it used to be done. Oh, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, they say it's, like, supposed to be a form of, like revenge against traditional Japanese society due to resentment and neglect, isolation, constraint of Japanese society. And, you know, um, especially in Japanese society, like, being pale is, like, idolized. It's, like, if you're Mm -hmm. as pale, like, people have, like, uh, whitening solutions, not for your teeth, but for all of you, which I think is problematic in itself when any one glorifies whiteness any more than it has been already. 
we've pretty much beaten the dead horse out of that like yeah <laughs> oh my god it just keeps going it just keeps going but i mean i'm trying to think off the top of my head about black anime characters and it's really hard to think of anyone that hasn't been I, like certainly no main characters oh no certainly i'm trying there's been short cameos i think there might have been one in code geass maybe there yeah. might have been one in Cow- Cowboy Bebop. Actually, no, yeah, there was one in Cowboy Bebop. Uh, he was uh, the announcer on the TV. Oh, yeah. Or was he Mexican? Whoops, I can't remember. Oh, wow. But I know there was some black person in Cowboy Bebop, um, which is interesting enough to say that the, I, I might even think there might be a Mexican person in Cowboy Bebop because... There's no Mexican people in anime either. I mean, I mean, yeah, anime is, all anime characters, unless otherwise stated, are Japanese. Yeah. Even though some people are like, well, they have blonde hair and blue eyes. It's, it's, just, it's anime. Yeah. It's anime. They, they also have, like, green hair and pink eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's an anime. Sit down. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's not an anime. Again, an American animation. But do you guys remember at all Superhero Static Shock? Yes! Woo-woo. I do remember no, that. No, Emma, no, <laughs> no. Nope. shock. Okay, well, yeah. uh, Virgil Hawkins. I forget how he gained his powers. Was he at an electrical plant or Dude, something I like that? I, that? I don't remember so it either, but it was so good. And Virgil Hawkins, it was like 14, 15, 16, something like that. Anyway, black teenager, he's a right. superhero. Yeah. And he had, like, the best power. It was yeah. it was literally static, that you was know, cool electricity. Show. And he had, like, a silver surfer board dealio mm, right. that he went around on. Oh, man, nostalgia. Oh. It was a really good show. I think it, like, it wasn't, like, as gritty as, like, Batman Beyond, which was on TV mm-hmm. at the same time, was. It wasn't as, like, cartoony as, like, other, an- or not anime, other animations at the time. But it was different. It was different. And it was good. It was great. It was really great. And... Like, except for, like, the white best friend sidekick, mm-hmm. it was mostly black main characters. Yeah. And, I mean, the headlining main character, superhero, static, shock, woo-woo, um, <laughs> was black. And it was it was just a really great series, and it's kind of like, where's, where's that reboot? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Um, I remember... Justice League, like the animation. Good show. Good show. Good show. Um, GS. Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. Was always that um, very straight-laced black guy for yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, he's I forget awesome. like what his like regular name is aside from Green Lantern. This was uh-huh. like back when I was like little. Yeah. yeah. But Just, I, like, I remember old. that. Then um, they they attached the face of Ryan Reynolds to Green Lantern. Then when people are talking about a black reboot with like Idris Elba as Green Lantern, people got really upset. And you're just like. We have had canonically a black yeah. Green Lantern. Like it's not unheard of. It's just that people have the Ryan Reynolds movie as an why idea, which which is it? not why a good people, idea. Why would people want to defend that movie? No. Oh God! Like I am forgiving Ryan Reynolds because even Ryan Reynolds Deadpool is making fun of it. In Deadpool, like Deadpool is making fun of everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so hype. <laughs> that's that's yep. Valentine's Day date, but clean um, version of the trailer is the weirdest thing ever, isn't it? Yeah, it's sad. Played it before Laser Team. Uh, so strange. But, um, yeah, I just don't understand. We I had feel Cyborg like, too. Just, hmm? We had Cyborg. Cyborg and Bumblebee. 
Yeah, Teen Titans. Teen was Titans good about that. was. I mean, I awesome. guess Cyborg is still around because of Teen Titans Go, but mm, we're not going to talk about Teen Titans Go. We're, Old we're school not. Teen Titans. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times during the podcast we've just been like, we're not going to talk about Teen Titans Go because <laughs> we hate Teen Titans Go. <laughs> we hate it. Um, but yeah, there's. It's hard. It's it's hard to get those characters and to then be like, why don't we continue with these characters and people like want to flip tables because it's like no why aren't they white why are you just trying to appeal to the sjw's it's like and be so politically correct recently they've uh marvel did announce the um they're making captain america like sam wilson is picking up the shield who's traditionally falcon he's picking up the shield and becoming captain america in the newest comic this was like a like a year ago or something yeah and then you know thor is becoming a woman and people were getting really upset about captain america becoming a black man and they're just like but captain america's white and i'm just like but it's a different character it's a completely different character it's not they're not suddenly changing steve rogers race out of nowhere they're getting another character to fill the shoes of captain america yeah and even then in like reboots why why not change the race why not because like this okay spider-man is getting yet another reboot uh, um, and it's going to be yet another uh, skinny white kid being Spider-Man, being Peter Parker, which I understand Peter Parker being like a really interesting character that people love to go see. But they could have made him more interesting and made him diverse and made him Miles Morales, yeah. who's a black kid, who yeah. Donald Glover expressed Donald interest Glover. in playing. Well, he didn't really express interest in it. Like someone was like but the Internet did. Yeah, the Internet did. And then he did like a photo shoot and then everything was beautiful. And I just don't understand why they're like, we need yet another reboot with yet another white kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I get it. Peter Parker is Peter Parker, but how much of Peter Parker's identity is attached to the fact that he's white? The answer? None of it. It shouldn't be. I mean, mm-hmm. if someone wants to make an argument of that, I, I go ahead, but mm-hmm. like, then it just sounds... Really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's gonna be the end of our conversation. Really? really? <laughs> um, but, you but, know, Daily, I did think of something, because um, it's not all entirely hopeless, because I, I, I will pull out my 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 diversity card in the newest season <laughs> of Degrassi, um, they had five new characters and four of them were of different races. Yeah. So important. Which is up on Netflix. I feel like Netflix has been doing a kick-ass job at oh, diversity. Yeah. Go Netflix. Round of applause Go for Netflix. Netflix right now. The Coven Sense8. Sense8 with their diversity is yeah. incredible. I mean, we we talked Jessica Jones on the last podcast. Ah! I mean, Orange is the New Black. Amazing. Is, yeah. I don't even have to, like, mention it, like, obviously. Um, a lot, like, uh, even Kimmy Schmidt, mm. which was really funny about Asian American representation. Um, I read an article in The Atlantic, uh, like, talking about, like, the Spider-Man reboot and Green Lantern, Lantern and, like, why people like like go online and rant after like um idris elba was suggested to be james bond or something which would be amazing the basically the reason i found like why like people are butthurt over it is then they are no longer able to identify with that character okay but look at all the other characters you can identify with that and like why 
why can't you identify with another yeah. race? <laughs> like, I think it's unfair that we constantly ask black people yeah. to do that yeah. to the point where they're like, what, where, where am I in media? Am, do I not exist? Um, yeah. Um, versus like being like, hey, white people, why can't you identify with a black character? Why can't when, you know, again, black people have to constantly try to find themselves out there in the sea that is mostly white. Yeah, and we're um I'm going to talk like there's a recently The Wiz Live was a thing that happened. Yeah. And, you know, The Wiz was originally made as a black version of The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And, you know, Michael Jackson was in it as Scare- Scarecrow and all that kind of stuff. And they... Re- the movies. Oh. Don't yeah. don't watch the movie, but celebrate it for what it was. Yeah, they re... On Broadway, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. They remade it now, and then you see all these white people just like, The Wizard of Oz is a white story, but it's not The Wizard of Oz. It is the specifically, like... It is The Wizard of Oz specifically for... Like a different race, and people yeah. are just like you know, well, just how would we feel if there was an all white version of it? That was literally there, the Wizard of Oz. Yes, there yeah. already is, and there's and you know there was just so much response like on the internet from you know all the people that were just like, now wait a second, it's like you know you had the Wizard of Oz, you had everything, and you know there's. There was a white guy, back row chorus, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. back row chorus. And somebody pointed that there. out. Somebody pointed that out and says that's the role we would normally have. And yeah. again, in the musical theater thing, um, Hamilton is a really groundbreaking thing in terms of their yeah. casting yeah. because there was only one white, like prominent white character, and he plays King George. Wait, wait a minute. What is Hamilton? It's a musical about Alexander Hamilton. Takes it surrounds the American Revolution and the early days of and the it's nation. Rap music. It's all rap. It's like rap and hip hop music. And um, oh, oh, it's like the newest musical. This is not what I imagined when you guys kept saying like Hamilton. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it is amazing and it's so uh, good. the only like the only white main character plays King George the Third, and he has three songs. Like, Lin-Manuel Miranda plays, um, and he's Puerto Rican, I believe? I don't know. But he, he's the main character, and then, um, Thomas Jefferson, Lafayette, pretty much everybody else is played by a black person. Eliza Hamilton is played by an Asian woman, which is a massive deal. Because, yeah. you know, Asians get such little representation, especially in the Broadway world. Oh, yeah. But then, you know, it's really cool, like, because, you know, you think about the... American nation it's just like boring dusty old white people you know stuff like that but then the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda who plays Hamilton also wrote the whole thing he took this and was like hey what if we flipped it on its head yeah and it has become one of the most iconic musicals of our generation honestly it's up there with Wicked yeah like it is making massive okay I'm sorry I haven't heard about it guys I'm sorry it's making massive (laughs) waves look it up but I would definitely will yeah it's uh and um, Guns and Ships is incredible. It's sung by Lafayette, played by David Diggs, who is black man, really big, bushy hair, and that is one of the defining character, like characters of his character. They didn't change his hair. It's like the, and it is one of the fastest musical theater songs, if not the fastest, just because of the speed at which he is rapping while jumping around off tables, doing a corny French accent. It is amazing nice. what what this man can do, and you know. I may or may not have the entire musical memorized, but uh, 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 yeah. I am garbage. But That's wonderful. 
the, in terms of the casting, it's groundbreaking. It's amazing. You have a black man playing George Washington. Yeah. And doing an incredible job doing so. Like, Christopher Jackson, I worship you. Yeah. And That's really great because it's Black History Month, guys. It's such and a big deal. I think... The fact Especially, that like, the spotlight is so cool. Right, because there's so much erasure when it comes to, like, actual, like, events in history. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was reading something the other day where, like, it has been theorized and, like, really heavily, like, hypothesized that Beethoven was black. Uh-huh. Oh, really? I didn't but, know But, you know, like, Rad. he's always presented as, you know, the whitest biscuity guy ever mm-hmm, yeah. because he's Beethoven. A lot of people but... brush over the fact that he was deaf, too. Yeah. Like, he was deaf and he was, like, arguably one of the best composers yeah, but of our time. Like, I don't know why, like, well, I do know why, why we would be like, let's not mention the fact that one of the greatest pro- uh, composers of our time was also black. Let's not let's not mention that. And even just like historical pieces that were written in, like we want to talk about Exodus, gods of whatever. Okay, let's, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so oh, that monstrosity. That movie was supposed to be okay. Do you did you guys ever watch the animated like King of Egypt? Yeah. Yeah. Prince of Egypt. The Prince of Egypt. I worshipped yeah. that when I was. That young. was a wonderful movie. Incredible. I really like that movie. Beautiful. Like I'm not religious at all, and I yeah love that movie mm-hmm. so much. I think it's it's an all audience deal. Oh yeah. But so cool. okay, so imagine all the characters from that movie, and then up the white balance. Keep going. Up Make keep going. Weaver, Cleopatra. Keep going. <laughs> up the keep white going. Balance. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Okay, Don't now. It, come turns no. to okay, now this. imagine you look into their faces and you got to blink because you're blinded a little bit because of the way oh. the light bounces off of the whiteness. Snap. That was that movie. Snap. Like Christian Bale, I admire you. Just not in that role. But why was he Moses? Why was the Pharaoh a white dude? Especially like Moses and everyone, they were in the desert for 40 years. You would not be white after that. Fun fact, guys. Egypt's in Africa. Yeah. Did you guys know that? Yeah. This is breaking news. Yeah. And there's even just, um, as a religious person, you always see Jesus as this Caucasian man. When he was in, I've been to Israel, I've been to that region, those people ain't white. (laughs) Daily, you're you're in the minority here. I haven't been to to Israel. Israel. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Israel. Um, Really cool place. It's a cool place. Awesome. The, you know, like, really chestnut-haired, blue-eyed Jesus wouldn't fit in there? Is that what you're saying? What? But Jesus was a white guy. Yeah. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, all the people, like, at least when I was walking around Jerusalem and all all the people were dark-skinned, coarse hair. Yeah. It is hot there. It's very hot. It is. I got so many sunburns. It was like... Yeah, like remember earlier it's we desert. brought up the olive tone. That was that's that that's, general area. Yeah, and uh, like just walking around, that's that's the typical type of thing that you see. Right, is like the dark skin, the coarse hair. You don't see white people walking you, you around. You don't see like saw like Unless okay, it was so like all the pictures, Unless, yeah, of like Jesus that I see, it looks like he's got to be using like some really salon quality conditioner because his hair looks so soft <laughs> but so luscious it's it's not that light brown it's i don't i should not look anywhere close to jesus yeah i i am slightly blonde girl uh-huh. white sitting here no 
That's the, I'm not Jesus, guys. That's yeah. this podcast. That's what we learned on this podcast. This is that Damien I'm not, is not, not Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to introduce myself on the next podcast. Hi, I'm Damien. I'm not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> uh, but, like, I just don't understand. Oh, well, I do understand why how they wouldn't or they they why people wouldn't want Jesus represented as anything other than a white man because especially in the 60s and during um the eurocentrism of the entire christianity like religion yeah, yeah. pretty much all of its history a lot of people focus on england and the protestant type of thing and that's in like like in europe so everyone's just like oh christianity europe started in the middle east like you know Whereas, like, um, because then they would use, like, um, the Bible to support um, segregation. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, God made the races different for a reason. They, and that's because th- the white one is the best one. Christianity uses the Bible to, like, su- support a do, lot of their BS of views, honestly. I mean, not, like, again, obviously not all Christians. Yeah. But... I mean, we have to look at it from a historical standpoint, wherein a lot of times, sometimes religion is used as a weapon. Even Um, though that small majority should never be used to, you know, represent the entire religion. Like, you know, you're talking about millions of people. Right. It's it's like with Islam. Yes. It's it's like it's like not all Muslims are terrorists. Not even some Muslims. There's like the tiniest if you had, fraction. If you had mm-hmm. a group of like 100 Muslims in a room to represent all of Islam, there would be like half like, of one person. Like half of Steve in the corner. Is... <laughs> it would just be like, you know, like I kind of think about this sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's pretty, what it would that's be. How it would be? It would be like such a low percent that that couldn't even be mm-hmm. represented. And Just, it's it's exactly the same thing of like pointing out like, well, then if all Muslims are terrorists, then all Christians are KKK members. Yep. Yeah, which, or Westboro Baptist Church, that kind of yeah, those kind of like. Um, comparisons just can't be made. And it's really funny how you know hyperbole. It's really funny how Christians are always just like, you know, we must protect our religions. That like we are diverse, and it's just like I can, you know, the amount of times that I've felt attacked because of my sexuality and like as a woman by the Christian church is like yes. like when people are talking about the religious rifra the disaster that is yeah. the religious freedom restoration act in indiana right now that they're just like you know we want to be able to like they can oppress you if they want if it's their religious beliefs and stuff like that and it's basically just like well they do that anyway don't make it like legal for them to do that right. like because yeah. again speaking as lgbt it's like You know, going out, holding hands with, like, my girlfriend would be just... I don't have a girlfriend right now, by the way. Just (laughs) pointing that out. It's like, in the past... Emma would like to point out that she's available. (laughs) I am single and incapable of mingling. I sit in my room all day. (laughs) There we go. But there's... um, Yeah, but, like, people just... We are afraid of being targeted and murdered for our sexuality. Yeah. Whereas, like, Christians, it's just like, you know... I have never been targeted because of my religion ever i have never felt like that but i've had to sit in a room where people tell me that i'm wrong that there's something inherently wrong with me and that's why i find it hard coming from both sides is like 
we're defending the people that have oppressed me, even though I'm a part of them. You know, it's like intersectionality is very important. Yeah. And it's, of course, the not all Christians are um, oppressive. Like, my parents and my friends are some of the most loving people ever. But then sometimes the same people in my in the religion are also condemning me for, ev- for like, everything I've done. So it's like, um, promote love and don't let people oppress each other just because they're uncomfortable with not doing that. Yeah. Like, you know... You gotta learn to treat people like people. You can't stay in your box. You can't stay in your conservative box all the time, because the world is changing, and you know yeah. it's gonna happen. It, it goes along with how we started this podcast. We were talking about um, Macklemore's new single, "White Privilege," mm-hmm. and that's as a white person, I don't have to think about things that black people have to think about. Oh, yeah. I don't have to think about. Um, interactions with the police and whether or not yeah. I'm going to be inherently suspicious because of what I look like. Mm-hmm. I'm a little white girl. I'm yeah. fine. Whereas... Like, even then, men don't have to constantly, like, be on guard for, like, you know, being attacked, being harassed. Right. It's and like, it's, it's twofold for black women. Yeah. I mean... The black woman, like... it's 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 got to be said, too, um, the black trans women... Oh, my God are like i don't even know how to like word it but like the most unprotected people in america or something because like the like the most likely to be murdered the most likely to be killed because it's, it's like it's literally what are, it is people are able to say the, the complete bs where it's like well i'm afraid they're going to rape me because they are trans and which is completely ridiculous right and it's it's yeah that's a completely um, different can of worms yeah definitely yet another podcast tally yeah, it off we have um, so many so many topics but i don't know um in general i think what we kind of tried to achieve on this podcast was kind of promoting that in media especially which is such a powerful thing i mean this building was built that we're sitting in because of media. Beautiful building, yeah. by the way. It's a beautiful building. It's beautiful. <laughs> We're in a very nice podcast lounge right now. It's called oh. a lounge, guys. It's, it's, it's a it's lounge. Like, it has the things on the walls. It's all soundproof. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> um, but in media, the default assumption of whiteness should no longer be acceptable. Straight, cis, mm. white, you know. It's just, it just can't. We can't continue to be like this... Why aren't they white? Yeah. yeah. And why why can't we just switch that and say yeah. why aren't they black? And you got to as we were talking about checking your privilege, part of that is realizing that you might have some really problematic views and you're going to have to correct yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, I had to come to terms with the fact that I was a pretty awful person, like in the terms of like what I just thought, what I had internalized. And you know, you got to start with yourself correcting right. everything before like, you move on to the world. Like the way we've talked about like how problematic it is when people are like angry over like character changes it's okay to be like well i always imagined them as this and it just kind of threw me back but you got to analyze why are you upset over that is it because you feel that again you can no longer identify with that character because of their race why do you feel that way you gotta it's not like calling you out and instantly saying that you're racist you're a bad person Uh it's being like why do we think these things yeah. and should 
we should probably change the way we think about it. And we even talked about this in um, Feminist for Action today is that feminism for skinny women and feminism for fat women is completely different. That, you yeah. know, fat women do not get the um, representation in the way that skinny women do. And I'm using fat as an adjective. Fat is not an insult. And we have conditioned ourselves to believe that fat is an insult. But, you know, I'm sitting here, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I am a bit on the fat side, but that is not a bad side of me. Because I'm like, you know, I like to think that I'm caring about people. Like, you know, those are my defining traits, not that I'm fat. Yeah. And, mm, like... Like, Again, with blackness, physicality things shouldn't have to define you entirely as a person. Like, that's part of your identity. That's part of your culture. That's awesome. Yes, own that. But, yeah. like, when people are like, this character can't be that because this character is inherently white somehow. Or you have to write, like, you know, the... um oh, because they're this race, they have to have this sort of storyline. Like, they have to be this kind of character. Right. no. Like, you see all these romances where it's just, like, the guy is heroic for loving a fat girl. Where it's, like, I want one of those romances where it's, like, exactly, like, the heteronormative BS Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. Like, I will stomach White people it. embracing. That's, like, literally will... every Nicholas Sparks, yeah. like, cover of something. I will stomach the heteronormativity of, like, that if it's just replaced with a fat woman and that is not her identity you know and, yeah. or replaced with a, a interracial couple and that is not their identity you know like make don't make it profound to make a character different yeah just be like oh hey i mean at the same black. time like those narratives where it's like the black experience is vastly different like we were talking about like mm -hmm. like dealing with police officers vastly a different experience and that should be represented but again with like fantasy characters yeah. Why, why How can't unbelievable Heimdall is it? Be black. Yeah. So, um, what's our recommendation? Go listen to White Privilege 1 and White Privilege 2 by Macklemore. Ball State people go enjoy Macklemore tomorrow night. Mm. That's awesome. Oh, my voice. Um, or look up or Hamilton. We hope you enjoyed it because this podcast will oh. probably be up. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> to date this podcast. We are from the past. <laughs> um, we're the all-knowing beings. check your privilege if you... And watch the Nostalgia Critic and not, video. And watch the Nostalgia Critic video. And listen to and Hamilton and look up everything about Hamilton, and it's amazing. And probably click on the Google Doodle. I know the Google Doodle has been pretty good about um, doing a lot of Black History stuff this month. Yes. And enjoy your Black History Month. This has been The Coven with not Jesus Christ, <laughs> Daily Wilhelm. And with me is also not Jesus Christ. Courtney Tuckman. And also, maybe, no, no not nope. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Emma, no, Emma, no last name. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and go check out all the other wonderful podcasts Byte has to offer. Bye.